today we're going to discuss the obligation of married women to cover their hair. A little bit of history, as many of you probably know, there is a, uh, there, there is a history in this country, and, and really in Europe also, of many wives of very prominent Rashi Yeshiva, very religious women, very God-fearing women, who did not cover their hair, and that has caused and continues to cause a great deal of confusion within the Orthodox community of how could it be that such great people violated what seems to be a blatant halacha. In more recent decades, Achshar Dara, it's become uh, a, uh, regardless of other, other places in our, in our religious observance where we may have slipped, in this area of religious observance we seem to have uh, made great strides, and uh, many more religious women uh, take on the responsibility of, uh, of covering their hair. More recently, very recently, Rabbi Michael Broyd published a very, very long article, I think about 80 pages long, uh, trying to explain not a heter, but to be melamid zuchus on all the nashim tzitkanios who throughout the generations didn't cover their hair. Just um, two things should be clear before we begin. Number one, Rabbi Broyd did not write this as a tshuva to try to explain that women don't have to cover their hair. He uh, did it, and he, he writes in, in very clearly in the essay that it is a limutzchus, that the whole thing that he wrote was just to try to uh, somehow come to grips with the fact that so many great women didn't. The other thing that, that bothers me a little bit is that whenever anyone talks about uh, great women who didn't cover their hair, everyone just says the Rav's wife, or Salvechik's wife, didn't, uh, didn't cover her hair. That is true. Neither did the wives of many other great Russian yeshiva from many more yeshivish places also. It's not just like a why you thing, that the Rav's wife didn't cover her hair. This was something that was that was, uh, I think um, Rav David Cohn said that when he was in the Kolol in Chaim Berlin, uh, of all the Kolol members in Chaim Berlin at the time, only two of them had wives who covered their hair at the time. It just wasn't something that, that people had done. So let's go through the sugya <coughs> as quickly as possible. The Gemara Masechus Ksubus Tavayin Beis in the context of a discussion about what are proper grounds for divorce and what are proper grounds for a woman to lose her Ksuba says that when a woman goes out with uncovered hair she's in violation of Das Yehudis. The Gemara says, wait a second, if her hair is uncovered, that's not a violation of Das Yehudis which would mean it's only an Isser Dirabanan. That's a violation of Das Moshe. It's an Isser Daraisa. Because after all, the Pasuk says of Paras Rosh Isha, one of the terrible things we do to Usota is that we uncover or mess up her hair. So the Gemara answers, no, to vo- avoid violating this is the right, so all you need is a kalsa, some sort of partial covering on her head. But to avoid violating Das Yehudis, you need to do better than that. You need a more complete covering than the partial covering. So is it a chiv daraisa for a woman to cover her hair? Simple reading of the Gemara certainly suggests that it is daraisa. The Gemara says if she goes out with her hair completely uncovered, that's Das Moshe, that's a violation. Mi daraisa. Shilta Giborim writes in the name of the Riaz and the Tashbait, write explicitly that it is in fact a din daraisa. There are those that are medayik in the Rambam, perachaval v'filchus bi'alach yudzai, hilchisur bi'alach yudzai, then maybe the Rambam holds that it's not an Isidaraisa, that it's only a Dinter Rabbanon. Um, and the Tribustation says that the Rambam assumed the Gemara's question that it's Daraisa just meant that there's a Remez in the Pasuk. But it's certainly, uh, but, but, uh, but uh, maybe the Rambam doesn't hold that it's really Daraisa. Rabbi Broy tries to deduce that it's only Dirabanan based on the Shulchan Aruch saying that she won't lose her Ksuba. But uh, both Moriv Rabbi, her Rav Willig Shlita, and uh, Rav Shulman uh, reject this proof because Rashi refers to violating Yichud, is Das Yehudis as well, and we know that Yichud is Dindar Raisa, it's a sugi at the end of Kiddushin, the Gemara Sanhedrin, Avodazara, it's all over Shas that Yichud is Dar Raisa, and yet we refer to that as Das Yehudis, so that may not be the strongest Raya. Now, is it a mitzvah to cover, or is it an Iser to uncover? Now, how do we view this halach? Is it that there's a, a positive mitzvah to 
cover the hair, or it's a violation of Nisr to uncover the hair. So Rav Moshe discusses this in Ebn Ezra Simon Nun Zayin, and Rav Moshe writes that it's really totally in two days in Rashi. When we say that we learn from Sota that a woman has to cover her hair, so Rashi first says, From the fact that we do this to be menavil her, to mess her up in a way that she tried to make herself beautiful to her boel, that implies that it's Asr. So Rashi seems to say that it's a real Isr. But then Rashi says, No, the fact that we are para Roshi Isha implies that up until that moment where we mess up the Sotas hair, it wasn't exposed. So you see that uh, that Pinosi Yisrael don't go out Peruos Rosh. So Rosh says that sounds more like it's a mitzvah, that it's a mitzvah to cover the hair. My nafkamina, whether it's a mitzvah or an isus, or Moshe says nafkamina would be if it would cause her great tsar, that equals, a tsar that would equal the chomesh nechassim, that would be equal to, uh, to, to a, a fifth of one's uh, worth, because we know that Allah is, for a mitzvah sasei, you don't have to be mevazvez yosem yichomesh. For a lo sasei, you have to spend all of your money. So if it's a mitzvah, if it would cost her a tsar that would equal more than a chomesh, she wouldn't have to cover her hair. But if it's an iser, then, uh, then it doesn't matter what it's going to cost her and how much tsar it's going to cost her. Uh, she wouldn't have to die for it, but, it wouldn't, uh, but, but she would still have to cover her hair. So Rav Moshe holds the halacha that when it comes to a married woman whose chiv is daraisa, you have to be machmir that it's an iser. But when it comes to a divorced woman where the chiv is only drabanan, so then you can be makel like the more makel shita in Rashi that it's only a mitzvah, and if it's tsar that it's going to cause her by having to cover her hair as a divorced person is going to equal chamash nechassim. Like, for example, she feels like she's never going to get a shidduch, and certainly that's worth at least a chamash nechassim to her to be able to get a shidduch. So then there is room to be makel for a divorced woman. Rav Sturmach has an interesting additional ha'ara in Chelek Beis, Simon Tafreich Sadi Beis, where he suggests that a woman uncovering her hair is a violation of chukasakun, because Raman Yardeh and Simon Kofayin Ches says that anything that the Gayim do, Mishum Pritzos has a din of Chukas Akman. He says the non-Jewish women also stopped covering their hair Mishum Pritzos. So we, when we copy that, that's, uh, that's Chukas Akman. Rav Vadya doesn't buy it. Rav Vadya and Yavi Omer, Chelk Dalit, Ebenezer, Simon Gimel says, no, it's not Chukas Non-Jewish women didn't stop covering their hair because of Pritzos. It's just a lot easier to not cover your hair than it is to cover your hair. It's nothing to do with Pritzos. Uh, what about in a more private area? This is a very complicated discussion. The Gemara says, Amr Rabbi, in, in Ksubis over there, the Gemara says if she wears a partial covering, it's not a violation of Prua Rosh. So the Gemara says, Hecha, where are we talking about that this partial covering is okay? If we're talking in a public place, Das Yehudasi, what do you mean? It's a violation of Das Yehudas to walk around with a partial covering in a public place. Gemara says, what? So you mean in a chatzer? In a private area? Gemara says, in a chatzer, if, if you make her cover her hair there, then lo hinachta basla avramavinu sheyosheves tachas baila. Then no girl is there. If you're going to make her even partially cover her hair in a private place, it's not fair. It's too much. We're dem- it's too demanding. So the Gemara says, no, mechatzer lechatzer derech mavoi. That's where a kulsa is okay. Okay, so what emerges from the Gemara is that there are three distinct locations. In a public place, you need a full covering. You need a partial covering. And in the chatzar, in a private area, you don't need any covering at all. So uh, the simple explanation of the Gemara is clearly the way Rashi and Tulsa understand that there's no cover at all necessary in the chatzar. Shemus and Simen Yud writes that way explicitly. There is a Beishmuel in Kuftes Vav Sivkat and Tes, in the name of a Smag, quotes Yerushalmi, that maybe 
maybe even in the chatzah the hair cannot be totally exposed, and the Bach thinks that that's the shita sarambam as well. But what this uh, touches upon is what about inside the home? What about when a woman's inside her home? Does she have to cover her hair when she's inside the home? So Rav Moshe says, no, at home it's permissible, it's better than a chatzah, and the chatzah sofer holds that even in the house, a woman should always cover her hair based on a zohar, mostly that a lot of the public magna from quotes a zohar, that a woman should never ever expose any of her hair, even inside the house. Now, inside the house that Rav Moshe is talking about when he says it's okay is assuming that nobody's there, assuming that there aren't any outsiders there. What if it's inside her own home, but there's some other man visiting the house who's not her husband, who's not her child, someone else that's visiting the house. Is she allowed to still have her hair uncovered? So I think the large majority of posts can assume, no, that's like being outside. The whole reason why we're more machmir, more public areas, is because in more public areas there's a greater chance that someone's going to see. So if you know that someone's going to see, you have someone from the outside in your house, so then of course you should cover your hair. However, there are uh, Rabbanim that, that hold otherwise. Um, Rabbi Chait, locally from, uh, from Farakaway, um, uh, I, I, I have a friend who teaches a very good friend, Rabbi Warren Cinnamon, who, who's a Rebbe in, in Rabbi Chait's yeshiva, and I, I got him to get Rabbi Chait to put in writing uh, Rabbi Chait's position on this issue, and Rabbi Chait holds that uh, based on, he says, based on Psaki he got from Ravar and Salvechik, that when a woman is home, when it's less than a rabim, less than a large group of people that are there, she's allowed to have her hair uncovered, even though there are some men from outside the family there. So how much is a rabim? So Rabbi Chait says, based on a Rashba and Gittin, Daflam and Hay, that three would constitute a rabim. The Ran in Gittin over there, the Rambam in the ninth parak in Nazira seems to imply that way as well. There is a Rashi in Gittin, Lamed Hay, that implies that ten people is a rabim, but three is what Rabbi Chait's Natiya was, that less than three people that she'd be allowed to uh, to uncover her hair. And that's based on the understanding that the Heter and Chatzah that's mentioned in the Gemara applies even when people People are there. Again, most posts can assume not that way. They assume that the hetar of the chatzar is when nobody's there and that you're allowed to risk it in the chatzar because chances are nobody's going to be there. But once you know somebody's going to be there, then you do need to cover it. It's also dependent on the on the understanding, which the is a is a double pashut, that the reason that yeah that a woman has to cover the hair is not as a lot of people assume to prevent men from hirhurin. Because if that were the case, then a single girl would have to cover her hair as well. It's not a about Hirhurim, it, it's about uh, the, the Torah defines this as erva, a married woman's hair is erva, nothing about the actual concern for Hirhurim. Now, how much hair can actually show? Does she have to cover every last drop of hair? So, Shturmach and Shubhasvan Hagelschel, Beisim, Tavrich Sadi Beis, quotes from the Chazanish that it's Nisadaraisa even to uncover some hair, that every last drop of hair needs to be covered. Rav Moshe, however, has a famous sheet in Evanezza Simon and Dalin or Chaim Chelik Dalin, Simon Kuf Yud Beis, where he tries to prove that anything less than a tefa is not a problem, that if you expose less than a tefach of hair, that's okay. Moshe says, how do you measure a tefach on the head? The whole head is only about two tefachim wide. So he says, since the head is two tefachim wide, you would go two, you would go about two fingers width, a half a tefach of width, across the span of the head. And that's how much hair is allowed to be exposed. Now, what what are valid coverings of the hair? So certainly a tichel, a hat, something like that, is obviously a valid hair covering. What about a shetel? So there's a mission in Shabbos, Tav Samuch 
Beis says that a woman can go out with peonachris on Shabbos. Peonachris, pashos means a shetel. So the Shilta Yiborim says, we see from here, that a woman's allowed to wear a wig. Only hair that's still attached to her head is problematic. The Atar Zekenim also says it's okay, as long as the wig is not made from her own hair. Um, it's, it's unclear if it's made from her own hair, whether that's a problem or not. But Shilta Yiborim very clearly says she is allowed to wear a wig. The Beersheva argues at length and quite vehemently that a wig is absolutely forbidden and peyonachris mean, means some type of stuffing under her kerchief. It does not mean a wig. And there, the machlokas continues to this day. Ravadi Yosef, Yabi Omer as well as on YouTube, you could watch Ravadi Yosef talking about shetels for five minutes where he says that he get these girls that come to him and say, I'm dating a guy, but he wants me to wear a shetel. The boys are Russia if he wants you to wear a shetel. What's wrong with a tichel? What's wrong with, uh, with a hat? It's a terrible thing. He's uh, very upset. He says, what? People don't know how to read the Svarim. Look in the Grah, Rabbi Yaakov Emden, Sofer. They all don't like shetels. They all say it's Aser, that it's, it's, he, he finds it scandalous that there are from women that wear a shetel. Um, not all Svaric poskim say it's Aser. There's Chuvis Yaskel Avdi that, that allows it, but Ravadi is very, very strong about this. Lubavitch Rabbi Zichron Levracha held uh, the exact opposite. He held that a shetel is much better than wearing a kerchief or a wig or a tichel or something like that because he was suspicious that people, when they wear those other coverings, are likely just wearing it because it's easy to take off. So when they're far enough away from their husband, they'll just remove it. But a shetel is a big hassle to take off. So he, he preferred that women wear, wear shetels. Rav Moshe in Evan Ezechel, writes that as long as people can tell that the hair is a wig and it's not a natural hair, then it's not a problem. So what do you mean people could tell? A lot of times I'm with my wife and uh, I don't know, I, I, to me it looks good, it looks like uh, her regular hair and my wife was like, no, it's so obviously a shetel, you see the bump, you see this, that. so I don't know, I, 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 I don't know how to tell. So Moshe says if the woman knows how to tell. If the woman knows how to tell, that's enough, that's good enough, uh, she can wear such a shetel. I think that's the minaka olam, certainly in America. Rav Yashiv recently, in, in recent years, in the past 10, 15 years, has a couple of times uh, said that although he holds theoretically human hair wigs, are permissible, but all of the wigs nowadays are prohibited because they look just like the regular hair, that it's not nearly, not nearly discernible enough, and therefore uh, we should avoid using uh, shaitals. Now as a general comment, just to close, when people have additional chumras in this area, there is a Gemara in Yuma Daf Mem Zayin that tells us that Kimchus was zochet to have seven sons serve as Kohanim Gedolim because Koros Beis Saros Rosha that even the walls of her house didn't see the hair of her head. Now, what's is there din that the walls of your house aren't allowed to see the hairs of a, of a woman's head? No, there's no such din. But it's Amidus Chasidus, and apparently enough of Amidus Chasidus that she was zochet to have Banim Kohanim Gedolim as a result of that Amidus Chasidus. The Zohar is very macro about this, quoted by the Magen Avraham. And it seems that if someone wants to take extra chumras in this area, so whereas by a lot of other chumras, poskim are very uh, sometimes hesitant to allow people to take on extra chumras, in this area it seems to be all good. I remember right after I got married, I was speaking to Rav Ruvain Feinstein, and I was asking him if my wife asked if my wife wanted to know, did she have to cover her hair in front of her brother or in front of her father when we go visit uh, my in-law's house? So he just kept saying, Kimchis, Kimchis. So at the time I didn't know the Gemara and Yuma, I had no idea what he was talking about. But that's what he was saying. He was saying, it's always good. It's a good thing. Yeah, good. Good to be machmir. I think he was saying it wasn't required to make radin, but good to be machmir in, uh, in this area. That's a basic overview. The rest, you know, go, go learn it.